Headquarters to all units. Headquarters to all units. All units stand by for On Patrol with the PPD, airing now on WTBR 89.7 FM. Ah, good morning. It's uh, November 30th. It is now 9 a.m. Friday. Uh, you're listening to On Patrol with the PPD, and we're going to get a shortcut of the weather. We'll be right back. WTBR radar weather for the Pittsfield area. Today, partly sunny. Isolated sprinkles this morning. Night is cool with highs in the mid 50s. Southwest wind around 10 miles per hour with gusts up to 20 miles per hour. Tonight, partly cloudy. Lows in the upper 30s. West wind 10 to 15 miles per hour. Saturday, mostly sunny. Highs in the upper 40s. Temperature falling to around 40 in the afternoon. Northwest wind 10 to 15 miles per hour. Weather forecasts for WTBRFM are provided by the National Weather Service. Oh, y'all set? Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying. I can't hear you with. I can't. It, it's hard to read your lips because I have a, a reflection here <laughs> from the window. And sorry. Uh, no, that's all right. And uh, good morning. Uh, you're listening to uh, On Patrol with the PPD. Uh, your voice tr- is uh, Officer Darren Derby. And behind the mic, well, he's not behind the mic right now because he stepped out, uh, is Lieutenant Gary Traversa. And uh, from the Board of Health, um, Alan. Colberg. All right. And uh, the chief will be Skyping in shortly, we think. Oh, it's Kathy Hume's uh, birthday today. So if you follow my page, today is her uh, 58th birthday, and we'll celebrate that a little later today. That's right. Did you give the Red Sox score yet? Uh, no, I don't follow sports. <laughs> I don't, are they on today, today during the <laughs> evening? Like, I don't, I, there's so many different times. It's November. They yeah, were yeah. terrible. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, are they still playing? I don't know. I, no. I have no idea. No, All right. No, well, no. see that? It no. just goes to show you. I'm not a not a, a sports guru. Mm-hmm. Morning. <laughs> I can't see it, but I'm I don't know if you can see us. Yeah, so. he's on. Oh, okay. Oh, there he is up there in the screen. All right. So, uh, you know, as I said earlier, uh the chief will be Skyping into us uh from his uh lovely home and uh Hopefully going over some new and uh, updated health health uh, related uh, concerns with uh, Alan. So, morning, Chief. Morning. Feeling all right? Well, I mean, yesterday was a little frustrating and frightening, but yeah, I'm feeling good. You, you look a little scruffy. <laughs> We're 20 days into no-shave November. So. I, I know. Well, I, I have to confess, even though it's no-shave, I did have to trim... It was getting uh, itchy again after I got through the itchy phase, and I just I didn't uh, I didn't like that. Trimming is permitted. But oh, okay, all right, good, good. All right, I can't see the whole studio. So did the doc join us? Uh, yes. Here. Oh, and my apologies for not putting Doc in front of it. That's my apologies. All right. That's all right. <laughs> all right. Well, let's just get started with the. You guys already do the weather? We did. We went through okay. the weather. We're uh, we're ready to roll. We had to work through that technical <laughs> issue. And uh, happy day off, Chief. 
<laughs> I just looked at my calendar. It's thank not going to be much of a day off, but thank you. Well, thanks for starting it with us. I'm trying. Uh, let's start with the health update, and then we'll uh, we'll get over to some department stuff. Okay. Well, good morning, all. Uh, we continue to see high case counts in Pittsfield. Our numbers are slowly inching up toward the 5% positivity rate which could dictate further business closures, but we are not there yet. We have been seeing approximately 20 to 25 new cases per day over the past couple of weeks, which is a large number of cases for our city. The uh, current surge in cases is still um, showing the fallout from restaurant gatherings and private parties held several weeks ago or around Halloween uh, with the people who attended those events bringing the virus out to other members of the community. Over the past two weeks, as I said, we've seen about 20 to 25 new cases per day and it's slightly over 200 cases during that time. Our restaurants remain available for takeout and delivery but closed to indoor table service. Um, however, with the colder weather, of course, outdoor dining uh, will be increasingly challenged for those restaurants. It, it cannot be emphasized, I cannot emphasize too strongly uh, from uh, my communications with our public health nurses who deserve a giant shout out for all their hard work in doing contact tracing. Uh, it cannot be emphasized too strongly that gatherings of people, particularly when eating is involved, and, be, uh, and because of eating, masks are going to be off. Uh, these gatherings have brought us to where we are currently. And with Thanksgiving coming up in one week, every health official in the, in the county is, and the country is strongly urging people to refrain from gathering with people not of their own household and to not travel outside their community. In fact, yesterday the CDC issued a no travel uh, advisory for Thanksgiving. They advised people to just basically stay with their nuclear family. Uh, Further, this has been said before, but uh, the indoor gathering rule uh, of, of no greater than 10 people does not mean that less than 10 people is necessarily safe, particularly when people come from different households and communities. 10 is not a magic number, but rather it is a proxy or substitute way of saying that gatherings must be limited, and 10 was uh, a, uh, chosen as a somewhat arbitrary number. So even if you have eight people in your house, and a number of people come from other households, you are putting yourself and everybody else is at risk. Pittsfield schools remain operational with solely remote learning. Uh, cases continue to pop up involving students and staff, but with buildings closed, these cases are, are now becoming reflections of disease in the community at large. Um, and the better we are in controlling uh, spread in the community, the better shape we'll be in for schools potentially reopening for hybrid instruction on December 7th. Um, if you uh, are, uh, if you are uh, a, considered to be a contact of a person who has had a positive test, if you think that you have been, you know you have been, call the BMC link line at 855-BMC-LINK, which translates to 855-262-5465. And they have, uh, they have, uh, uh, they have upped their game since the current surge began. 
by putting more people on the hotline and more people in the testing center so they can handle the higher volume. Uh, people have, uh, uh, as, as recent as a week ago, a week and a half ago, people were spending long times uh, on hold and many people were hanging up uh, when they weren't getting an answer. But um, I am told that the um, since they have increased their personnel, they have been able to handle the uh, incoming calls more efficiently. Uh, it, the best time to call BMC to get tested if you need if you feel you need to be tested is later morning or afternoon. The uh, highest call volumes are between eight and nine in the morning. They open at eight o'clock. They go on until four thirty, but try to wait until a little later in the morning to call so that you have a a better chance of getting through. Uh, this week, there's been a lot of news about vaccines on the horizon. Uh, and this is very, very encouraging news, very, very good news. Uh, and however, the it should be recognized that vaccines uh, will help us in the reduction and elimination of disease in the long run. But in the shorter run right now, um, it, it, we still must abide by the uh, basic rules of health and safety, including masking, social distancing, cleaning, staying home when you're ill. Uh, because of the logistical issues in distributing vaccine and also with the fact that many people are going to feel uh, uncomfortable getting the vaccine, uh, the vaccine is not going to be, again, is not, is not going to be a long, uh, is not going to be a short-term cure. And um, depending upon how many people actually choose to get vaccinated, it may not even uh, have a significant impact on overall disease. Uh, so more to come about that, but certainly the news about uh, alleged 95% effectiveness of the vaccines that have been developed by Moderna and Pfizer are encouraging news. So again, in the short run, uh, masks are a proven way to reduce person-to-person -person transmission, and I cannot emphasize this enough. Uh, if everyone in this country would adhere to masking and social distancing, this country, this country's pandemic could be over in a matter of months. That is, that is not an exaggeration. So let me let me illustrate as as best as one can illustrate on the radio um, why masks are so important. <clears throat> so m much has been um, said about um, uh, about the virus remaining in the population. Uh, and that's uh, f for a long run. But again, to illustrate why this, this uh, also feeds into the issue about why masks are so important. So yes, the virus can remain in the population for a long time, but um, how can we ever control it? So suppose you are in a room with 10 people and one person has the virus. Uh, without masks, there's a good chance that that one person is going to give it to five others and they will become infected. So let's say those five people then go back to their own homes and infect five other household members or regular contacts. Within a week, you have 30 cases, not to mention the others who are infected <coughs> by, by, um, by those uh, primary contacts. And that is just from one person starting out with the disease. However, if that person and with the disease and everybody else wears a mask um, in public, 
uh, both indoors and outdoors. But if that one, if everybody continues to wear masks, that person with the infection is going to get over the infection. The body's immune system is going to fight off the virus, and 30 people will be spared the infection. So that's that's why we uh, that's why we define uh, people who have. That's why we advise people who have the infection who have a positive test to remain isolated, which means substantially separated from the rest of, uh, of their family as, not, uh, as well as people on the outside, but to basically remain at home and s substantially separated from people within their home for 10 days. Because after those 10 days, that, vir that virus is no longer basically alive in the person um, and cannot they can go and then go out into society without risk of giving their infection to other people. So, again, if that person who had the infection wears the mask all the time, the infection will run its course. And after 10 days, it is no longer an active infection. So if that's why if we all wear masks as we should, uh, we can prevent the person-to-person -person transmission and basically the virus will die in hiding. It'll die behind the masks and it, it can significantly reduce the spread to other people. I hope that's clear. Um, so with the uh, holiday season coming up, uh, upon us, the health department um, certainly wishes you all a safe and um, healthy holiday season. Uh, we, ur <coughs> excuse me, we, urge, we urge you to stay safe um, and stay safe in, in your own home. Uh, whenever possible and thank you for the time right. thank you doc I, I actually have one follow-up question before for uh darren or the chief jump on um and i was reading this week you know and, and that's i'm sure a lot of people read and you get kind of information that you maybe um can verify or dispel but um the, if if the disease is in, is in the community, we people may have uh, maybe a little bit of it, but not enough to um, for for symptoms to show or right. for a positive test to register. So just being in the community, you could almost have a touch of it, and you know not necessarily know otherwise. Those are the asymptomatic people. Is that what you're referring right. to? Right. Well, yeah. even asymptomatic, you know, it's it's hard to know how many asymptomatic people actually have the virus because they're less likely to get tested. But um, you know, the, the the most the people of most concern who are asymptomatic are those who are close contacts. You know, it, the, we're not doing a an overall surveillance testing of the entire city at this point to find out exactly how many of our 43 or 44,000 residents have the virus. So I, I guess what I'm getting at is yep. um, there, there are, what I was reading was basically alluding to the fact that there's a severity um, factor here where, and that relates also to how sick people get. That's correct. So if, if you have, a, if you wear a mask, <clears throat> And you get sick, that's unfortunate, but it's more likely than not that you are will be less sick and less symptomatic than if you didn't wear a mask. I guess that's what I'm getting at. Um, Is that? I don't know about that. I mean, people... Um, 
I, I, I guess when, when when you're sick, when you have outward symptoms, particularly respiratory symptoms, you're more likely to be you you have a higher viral load is the term that's I used. guess that's what I'm getting. Yeah, at. you have, yeah. you have a high. There's a greater amount of virus being shed by you, and therefore you're you're a more communicable risk. You're more contagious to other people. If you're asymptomatic, the uh, as in as in kids who commonly are less symptomatic or asymptomatic, uh, you, uh, uh, you, you, you are not shedding quite as much virus. Kids are more likely to get it from other family members probably than kids are to get, um, get, get it from, from their family. The kids are more likely to get it from the family members than, than the family members to get it from the kids. So gotcha. yes, you know, the, less, the less sick you are, the less contagious you are. But that is all relative because it's relative com uh, the, the many factors that uh, feed into that are the uh, how close you are to that person, how long you're in, how long you're in their presence. That's what we call, you know, the uh, that's why we pay attention to six foot distancing and and wearing masks and whether you're indoors or outdoors. So the longer you're in somebody's presence, who even who somebody who has minimal symptoms, the more likely you are to get sick. Well, I think you know, and to that point, you become complacent, you know, especially with our our family members. You know, I um, right, you know, probably a, a month ago, I came down with a cold. You know, obviously it was a cold, and um, I still have residual effects from that. You don't know? You know? Were you tested? Uh, I was not. Okay. I was not, but. <laughs> You yeah. know, I, okay. I showed no, you know, no other signs of anything other than, um, you know, the, the normal cold stuff. Right. And, um, you know, you become complacent, I guess. I mean, I, I did worry about that. Right. But without any of the other effects to go with it, I, you know, I was told, uh, you know, it's just. Well, to be perfectly yeah. frank, you, you could have had it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why we tell people who are ill even with minimal symptoms to stay home mm. because you in, in this atmosphere you just do not know whether you have the virus unless you're tested for it because i think last uh last night they were talking <laughs> about um uh one of the new um telltale signs might be uh in elderly was delirium i guess they were coming out with that last night they were showing a study um, yeah. last night in the news so they've since added I think they're going to add delirium, especially to the older population. Right, mental status yes. changes, uh, yep. extreme weakness or um, inability to respond, confusion, things, mm -hmm. yeah, things like that. You um, know, in your, in your reference to the to the children, um, you know, and their um, uh, whether they um, retrieve it or you know, from their family or whether they're the ones that are, you know, the asymptomatic, they're giving out more, I guess, I guess you could say. Whether they're transmitting it, right. Transmitting. Um, there was also a study that came out, um, I think it was in New York City yesterday or the day before they were talking about because their, their population is now, I think, at 3%. I think they were waiting for that 3% to, to close down the schools. Yeah, that was, that was a... Um, but that was the population was yeah. at 3%, and they were showing that the schools... Um, were somewhere around the one one point two percent. So I, I guess my question was: Is that you know, you're talking about you know the kids spreading it? It's more like the family is giving it to the kids. Is that is that without looking obviously at the finding and the, and the study that they were showing that transmission rates in the school were much much lower 
Transmission rates within this school, yeah. e even in Pittsfield, have been way lower than transmission outside the school. But, uh, you know, the schools are not in a bubble. Sure. And, and they reflect what's going on in the community at large. Um, you know, since, since the schools did close completely to in-person learning, which was hybrid um, at the time, uh, up until, what, a week ago? Yep. A week and a half ago, a week ago. Um, we have seen more cases arise in people who are connected with the school, students, staff, teachers. Uh, and I think we're up to nine at this point. But that is that will increasing, increasingly be a reflection of what's going on in the community rather than necessarily, wor nor, nor should it necessarily worry people that it's going to reflect um, on the possibility of spread within the schools. Right, right, so we don't know right, where. Right, yeah. well, right now, right now, at this point in time, what's today, November 20th? Yep. Um, there's still 10, 16, 17 days to go before schools could, will potentially reopen. Um, if all the people who have the disease now were to be safe, wear masks, uh, abide by the, 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 the health rules, not gather with other people, uh, and, you know, and just really take this so seriously, everybody who currently has the infection is going to be better by then and they should not be bringing it into the school whatever happens from basically you know from th this week coming week on is going to be a reflection of people socializing outside the school of course because they're not socializing in the school and that's why you know some of the uh, cases that we saw uh, coming up in school age kids or or staff um, occurred when people were socializing after class. It mm -hmm. wasn't necessarily what was happening in the, I mean, because in the school, things are pretty well controlled. They keep their distance. The students have been really good about wearing their masks. But, you know, when the, when the bell rings and people go home, they're out there with their friends, they're taking their masks off, and the spread is gonna occur in the community not necessarily as opposed to in the school. So the schools have been actually quite safe. Um, I, know, I know when I visit them and, and talking to some of the administrators and teachers, you know, the kids, it, um, you know, my, my fear, and I think a lot of people's fear was, you know, especially those um, who deal, deal directly with the schools or in the schools, that it, it was, it might be difficult to, to not force, but to uh, maintain that mask uh, while the kids are in school, you know, kids are going to do what they want to do. And, right. you know, there's only so many disciplinary things you can do. Um, but I don't think I found any of the schools or the administrative or the staff that said, hey, you know, we're having problems with kids wearing the mask. I mean, yeah. they they were pretty diligent. <clears throat> no, they uh, the school, the, the students from talking with Superintendent Curtis and other people connected with the schools uh, indicate that the, the students were actually very good about keeping the masks on and, and maintaining distancing. You know, they're kind of glued to their computers because that's where they're doing their learning, and the, and the teachers as well. And they're all and you know, where the masks might be imperfect, they're also maintaining their distancing, so that's going to reduce transmission. So I, I really I really think that uh, in, you know, our interim superintendent Curtis and his team. Eric Lamoureux and Nadine Fox, who's the nurse manager for the Pittsfield School District, they've all been doing a really good job in 
keeping things clean in the schools. Uh, now it's going to be with with kids being out and socializing with one another outside of school, and especially with Thanksgiving coming up. Mm. It is so important for people to, uh, you know, p- take this seriously. This is no joke. You know, we have been seeing a lot a lot of cases lately, and it it um, it is. <laughs> mind-blowing when I you know I'm, I'm constantly in contact with our public health nurses uh, it, it's amazing how one person can infect so many other people mm. it just spreads like like wildfire uh, especially if people are not careful and if they act uh, if they do it if they go about their business in a very complacent way and assume that if somebody else looks well they must be well that's you can't you can't assume anything Somebody can look perfectly well one day, can be sick the next day, or they can be perfectly well and have the virus and just not be showing a lot of symptoms. Now, and with respect to you, what, what you said, Darren, about you're having a cold, you may have had a simple cold. And somebody with a simple runny nose, but no headache, no sore throat, no fever, um, no cough, it probably is just a simple cold. And we probably wouldn't necessarily test somebody who has just a runny nose and nothing else but if they have any other additional symptom it is worth it is worthwhile testing Hmm. because you just you just don't know so many people uh, have minimal or even no symptoms so it's it's always better to test so when you go to a test let's just say uh, hypothetically you know uh, uh, something comes up and i say okay i'm gonna go get tested right are they testing for to see if you currently have the virus or are they testing for the antibodies what what are they Well that's a good question. The the test that's currently done the best test that we have currently now is called the PCR test. Stands for polymerase chain reaction test. There won't be a quiz on this, but <laughs> it's, it's also called the molecular test or the PCR test. The PCR test is the most accurate test that we have. It's it's the most sensitive and the most specific. The other test that is done, particularly one that's done in one of the urgent care centers, an urgent care center, not not BMC urgent care center, but at another walk-in clinic in Pittsfield, is called the antigen test, which is less sensitive, less specific, and really only picks up people who have, is most sensitive for people who have the symptoms. And even in that other location, when they do the antigen test, which is less accurate, they're also doing the PCR as backup because that is the gold standard. So the PCR test, which is done by BMC, is the the test to go for. And that can also be positive if you had the infection recently, it can remain positive, but it's going, you have to put everything in context. The context being whether you have had a close contact, whether you have symptoms, and so you can't just look at a test in a void. You also look at it in the context of a person's lifestyle and what they've been exposed to. The antibody test is pretty useless in our current situation. The antibody test tells you if your immune system has responded to the virus at some point in the past and if you are now possibly protected from the virus. It tells whether or not you're protected that does not tell you whether you have the infection now, it, uh, and it probably doesn't because it takes a couple of weeks for the antibodies to rise to a level high enough to be able to detect them. Gotcha. So it does not tell you if you have a current infection. It is 
useful at the current time only for surveillance purposes to find out how many people in the population have had the infection. And how, but, how, how uh, sorry for interrupting you, yeah. how many days do you think passed um, getting that virus do you think that it will no longer show on, on, the, on, on the, the PCR? On the PCR. It can actually continue to be positive for months. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's why you have to... So if you, you so if you go, at, you have to, that's why you have to look at it in context of what's going on. Right. Is the person in contact? Is the person ill? Is what's the uh, what's the likelihood that that that, that PC, a positive PCR is truly a uh, a sign of a current infection as yep. opposed to something? What and I'll, I'll just add to that uh, just to ex, to f explain that further. When we were seeing such a high number of cases in in nursing homes, long term facilities at the beginning of the pandemic, people who had the infection then continued to show positivity mm. on their PCR test for months. That's what I was going to ask you. Even as long as two, three months. We do not know if or to what extent people um, uh, might continue to show a positive PCR after an infection. Uh, maybe it's more common in older people, but we don't know that for sure. And we do not know if there's a risk of that per, of a person getting it a second time but that's a whole nother conversation so you know I, I, again i guess where i was going sorry chief i guess where i was it's going okay. was um somebody goes and they test positive on the pcr and okay hey quarantine for 14 days whatever whatever the standard is that's cool yeah we call that yeah. isol just to get the, the terms right we we when, when somebody has a positive test we call we they go into 10 days of isolation mm -hmm that's the period of time that you are spending apart from other people until you get over your infection. When somebody goes into quarantine, that is because they have been exposed to somebody with a positive test, a, a, a positive infection, and then they go into 14 days of quarantine, which is an observation period during which you're observing for the emergence of symptoms. Gotcha. And then if you develop symptoms, during the quarantine period, you t you test and see if you now have the infection. The 14 days corresponds to the incubation period, that period of time that it may take for you to develop an illness. So if you become ill during those 14 days of quarantine, you're watching for symptoms, you become ill, you get tested, and if you go 14 days without symptoms, you are then released from quarantine. You are felt to be no longer at risk of developing the infection. Okay. Chief, did you want we're to say uh, something? Yeah, go ahead. Well, we're at the half hour, and we need to do a, a station break here. <laughs> I do have a couple follow-ups with the doctor if he's able to stick around with us for a couple minutes. Yeah, if can, not, I'll follow up with him offline. No, it's okay. I can, I can hang around with it. Sure. All right. So let's get a check of the weather and station identification, a couple PSAs, and then I've got a couple questions for Dr. Colbert. Okay. WTBR radar weather for the Pittsfield area, today, partly sunny. Isolated sprinkles this morning. Not as cool with highs in the mid-50s. Southwest wind around 10 mph with gusts up to 20 mph. Tonight, partly cloudy. Lows in the upper 30s. West wind 10 to 15 mph. Saturday, mostly sunny. Highs in the upper 40s.
Temperature falling to around 40 in the afternoon. Northwest wind 10 to 15 miles per hour. Weather forecasts for WTBRFM are provided by the National Weather Service. Support for WTBR comes from Greylock Federal Credit Union. Proud to support high school arts and sports programs to help our community thrive. Greylock Federal Credit Union with locations throughout the Berkshires and online at greylock.org. And from BeFair, one of the largest premier human service agencies in Berkshire County. If you're looking for services for a loved one or are interested in caring for the people they support, visit BeFair.org today for available opportunities. PCTV and WTBR are committed to serving our community in this difficult time. We will bring you live coverage of press conferences and official statements from our government officials on PCTV CityLink Channel 1303, on the Pittsfield Community Television Facebook page, and on WTBR as they happen and as we are able to do so. Please stay tuned to our channels and our social media for updates on press conferences and other important information pertaining to the ongoing pandemic. Is your little one safe inside your vehicle? Is the child seat installed properly? Is it the correct seat for your child? Hi, this is Sergeant Mark Madeline with the Pittsfield Police Department reminding you to please keep your children safe. Follow the safety seat manufacturer's recommendations for height and weight and check NHTSA's website or our Facebook page for recommendations. If you have a question or would like your seat installation checked, please contact our department at 413-448-9700, extension 575. Our officers are certified safety seat installers. Thank you. This message is brought to you by the Pittsfield Police Department in cooperation with WTBR-FM. Are we back? We are back. All right. Uh, again, you're listening to On Patrol with the PPD. Uh, Officer Darren Derby is the voice you're hearing. We have uh, Dr. John no, Colberg. No, no. Alan. Alan. Alan, thank you. Alan. I keep saying John. Alan Colberg. We have uh, <laughs> Lieutenant Gary Traversa uh, behind the board, and uh, Chief Wynn is Skyping in. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, Thanks Chief, for sticking around, Doctor. Oh, no problem. Um, we were just talking off air. I was talking with um, with Darren about um, he 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 asked me about whether somebody needs to test again after their ten day of ten days of isolation in order to know whether they can go back to work. And this is a question I get very frequently at the health department. People call and say, "Well, my employer wants me to get another test before I come back to work," and the answer is no. You do not get. You do not have to retest in order to be cleared f for return to work. We we do not go by retesting because what I had said before again is that you your PCR test can remain positive for a long time. We go on the basis of are your symptoms better and have ten days passed since the onset of symptoms or if you had no symptoms from the date of your test. So 10 days have gone by, you're feeling better, and you have not had a fever for 24 hours, you're good to go. And that, that's a change from March. Well, it was a change from the from early March when they were yeah. talking about two negative tests. Right. Uh, but they yeah, quickly, I guess that's where I got confused. But, but, yeah. they, but they quickly realized that so many people remained positive on the PCR that it was of no value right. uh, to to use that as a criterion. So that that kind of brings me into the questions that I, I had, and I appreciate you sticking around, Doctor. No um, I thought I had a logical order to these questions, but Darren <laughs> kind of made me change them up. Sorry. So, <laughs> so you're aware that, because you have consulted with us on this, you're aware that we had a couple of, of scary moments in the last couple of weeks within the department. Right. And that's 
and that's generated a lot of conversations internally and externally that Darren was kind of alluding to, right? So I can't count the number of people in the last two weeks that they say, well, you know, I went to the gym and I got a good workout and then I woke up the next day and I'm sore, but <laughs> is it, is it yeah. muscle fatigue or is it body aches? Yeah, I heard that flu? before, right. And, and so, you know, it's, it, it's the change of seasons. People are living their lives. You know, maybe you had an extra glass of wine with dinner. You wake up and you're a little, you got a headache and you're a little sniffly. And all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, do I have it? And, and that just keeps happening, right? Because the symptoms alone are frightening, but they're not necessarily indicative of the disease. And you may not qualify for a test if you, you know, like Darren said, he had a cold. He's not going to meet the criteria for us to get tested with that. Right. Well, if in doubt, test. And okay. if, you're, if you're in doubt, it doesn't hurt. And I would recommend you just call the hotline, the BMC hotline. There are nurses there who answer questions, can kind of put things together and determine whether or not it makes sense for you to to have the test. Now, of course, if you suddenly decided to bench press 200 pounds and and you're you're sore the next day, but you have no fatigue and you have no fever and you have no cough and you're feeling otherwise fine, it's probably just having it's probably related to your workout. But uh, typically people who have uh, the coronavirus are going to have more than one symptom. Uh, but it, you know, when in doubt, uh, think about getting tested and call and find out whether you uh, are uh, a good candidate for that. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to that due to yesterday's little scare. fiasco. Scare before, yeah. But before we do that, I want to go back to your first point. I think that that arbitrary number of ten kind of did us as a community a disservice. I talked about this a little bit in our task force meeting last week. And I've been having this conversation a lot with people in the community. It really comes down to people who reside in the same household, right? Right. If if you're going to try to resume some type of normalcy in your life and you're going to shop whatever, don't congregate with people that don't live under your roof. And right. I, I think that with the holiday coming up, that message can't be overstated. It, Ten people from three different households is not safe. Even or nine. <laughs> Again, ten, you know, ten's not a magic number, or any number of people from other households. Um, you know, everybody has their social bubble. Uh, the, the, the CDC did say, do not congregate with people uh, outside of your own household, or with people. I believe I don't remember the exact wording, but with people with whom you do not have regular contact. Everybody's got their social bubble. In fact, Chief, I think you and Lieutenant Traverse are probably within my social bubble by now. I've been here like a half a dozen times or so. And uh, uh, anyway, uh, but you're right. Um, you, as Keep it small, uh, preferably within your own household or people with whom you are in regular contact. And, um, you know, any any newcomers are really should be, you should not be welcome it's this is a this is serious stuff we know we're seeing a big surge now uh and if you think we're seeing it big in pittsfield um you, you know go out to north dakota or wisconsin or illinois where things are just terrible out there you know they're they're just they're they can't you know their their hospitals are overflowing so we don't want to get to that point we've had more people in the ho in bmc lately than we had had in previous months and we, but we don't want to push it. We want to try to keep, you know, it's constantly, it's, it's like the game of whack-a-mole. You know, you, you, right. you, you, you pound one, one 
thing down and the another, another one pops up. We're constantly putting out these little brush fires so that it doesn't uh, develop into a forest fire. Uh, but that's, so, the na- that's the nature of contact tracing. And that's what our public health nurses do all the time. So, I, I mean, just to emphasize the message, pe- people are going to be people, right? I mean, the doctors and, and the scientists, they, they can fight against the disease, but they can't fight against human nature. So, mm-hmm. you know, some people are going to continue to gather despite the recommendations. And I think to emphasize, if you're going to spend time in the next couple of weeks, month with people outside your social bubble, try to do it outside, keep distance and wear masks if they're not people that you you're uh you've been in contact yeah this this year thanksgiving and christmas are going to be different it's just the way it is and uh you know change your mindset about how how things are going to be celebrated this year it's a small i believe it's a small sacrifice for the uh for the better good for for the long run so while we still have you, I do want to touch on um, a question that came up as a result of yesterday's fire drill. And, and we talked about this briefly last week, but if we have new listeners or viewers, just so you understand, uh, with the with the two, two plus um, Halloween related household social gatherings and or large restaurant gatherings, we had a couple potential uh, transmission vectors connected to the department. In this particular case, they were in that particular case, they were both related to family members. Um, and we got through that over the last couple of weeks with, uh, unfortunately, only one positive case. And then uh, we had a situation I had I had gone into remote work, come out of remote work, returned back to work. And we were kind of like we're just like, all right, this is good. And then Tuesday uh came out of a meeting and had a quick conversation with somebody who, despite what we had put in place in March, wasn't feeling well and had come to work. Hmm. And so I ordered them home and, uh, and we're like, okay, now we just wait and see if uh, they develop any more symptoms. We'll be okay. And then, uh, made arrangements because they, they weren't feeling great to have them tested through our internal protocols. And then yesterday afternoon, um, got a panicked message that they believed they had gotten a positive result, which kicked off a firestorm of activity for some of our staff. And then shortly thereafter actually got a negative result. So um, we're still not sure exactly what happened, but I just wanted to have a quick little conversation about what people should be looking for when they log into the portal to get their results so they don't panic and go through what we went through. Well, the last time I was on the portal for the hospital, uh, they they say uh, the word detected um, or negative. Negative if if it wasn't uh, if it wasn't positive. If if the, uh, if the if the PCR was negative, it'll say negative. And um, if it if they did find a, if it was a positive PCR, it'll say detected. Um, so that's the that's the word. But you know, typically our uh, our nurses are going to be checking in, uh, are going to be receiving those results by fax, <clears throat> excuse me, by fax at the health department, and they will be uh, making uh, contact with those positive folks uh, as quickly as possible so they can do tra- uh, tracing. So um, you can either you know you can look it up yourself, but. Um, that these these um, these positive cases are, are are generally very quickly contacted by the contact tracers. So so I I'm probably as culpable in this as, as anybody else was because I took a telephone notification and initiated our internal 
protocols based on the telephone notification without actually looking. But so I, as we discussed, in order for me to return to the gym, I actually got tested last week and fortunately got a negative result, so I could go back to the gym. Uh, but when you when you log into the portal, there's a there's a there's a report, right? You're going to actually get a report. Um, just logging in and looking at the login screen. I guess what I'm getting at is don't jump to conclusions until you've accessed the report and and read the report, because I was able to get that screenshot and send it to you and stop this firestorm. All right. I don't actually know what our member was looking at when they saw the word positive. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Them. I don't know either. Um, yeah. But when you told me it was, in fact, negative, we all breathe a sigh of relief at that point. Absolutely. <laughs> so I guess the point I'm getting at is if, if you haven't been through this, if you're a listener or viewer and you haven't been through this, if you get tested and you, you're told to log into the portal, follow all of the steps and wait until you're physically looking at the report from the lab. Don't just read the screens as you log in. Um, you're going to get a report. You're going to be able to download it. And, and that's where you should look for your result. Yeah, to be honest with you, the, the portal screenshot you showed me was one that I am not familiar with. Um, I'm more familiar with the the uh, lab page on the BMC uh, results, uh, which on, on their medical record, which is called Meditech Expanse. So I'm more familiar with that format. Uh, so, but yeah, so... So as a physician, you have access to the BMCs, the patient, the physician side. And I think that's kind of what caused the confusion because our member saw something that caused them to believe that, called their doctor, and their doctor said, no, whatever you're reading, I'm not reading. Mine says pending. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to we, we, we'll get our results one of three ways. Uh, in the morning, we get faxes from the BMC lab of the positives they get back from quest which is the lab that does their outside testing we also can at, at at the same time we will see those positive results posted on the bmc lab page on their medical record on their electronic record more delayed are the results that come back through maven m-a-v-e-n which is the state database and um, unfortunately, that's there has been a lag with posting results on Maven, um, and it's gotten even more delayed since we've had this surge. So, uh, uh, but the Maven is something that only the public health nurses have access to. So, the, in in the in in the morning, some by sometime by mid morning, our nurses are going to know exactly who has tested positive uh, through one of their two sources. And they're going to start making calls and getting people isolated and doing the doing the tracing to put other people in quarantine. So, so it's it's frightening and frustrating while you're waiting for your results. But I I guess my final message on this would be don't panic. <laughs> uh, you know, con confirm the results and and be methodical about it. Uh, I you know I, like I said in my email yesterday afternoon, it was a good drill for us to kind of test our protocols, but it was frightening. And I I, um, I would just add one thing. Uh, to your statement about um, about well about being careful about um, uh, not spreading the disease, if you in our current atmosphere, if you have been tested or are even waiting for a test to be done, we would advise people self quarantining until they have 
um, until they know the result, if they have been tested, or even while they're waiting to be tested, because it might take a day until you can get tested. They've had such a high volume. They're doing about 150 tests a day, and they can only fit, do so many tests in a day. So they may say, well, okay, come in tomorrow and get the test. Until then, assume nothing. If you, if you think that you are deserving of a test because you're a close contact or because you have symptoms, the time to start quarantining is now, even before the test has been done. That is the safest attitude to take. Absolutely. All right, let's uh, let's change gears here for the last ten minutes, Doctor. Thank you for joining us again this morning. You're uh, we welcome. talked during the we talked during the telethon last night about how invaluable these health updates have been to the community, and we appreciate you making time to to keep doing them with us. It's my pleasure. I appreciate your um, allowing me to be here and to talk about these things. Have Thanks, a great Doc. day. Thank you. All right, Lieutenant Darren. Hello, Chief. Yeah. We got ten minutes left. Nine, eleven minutes left. <laughs> uh, so, Darren, I can't see you. I can see a, a reflection of you in the plexiglass because I'm kind of looking at the board here. How's your beard coming in? Uh, it's it's all right. It's not as full as yours, as I stated. Yours yours was looking a little scruffy, but I, it's uh, it, mine. I I can't stand the scruffiness. I I uh, this is I, again. I think I stated that in the beginning of the month. This is the first time I've ever grown a beard. There you go. You can see it. This is first world problems, but I'll tell you what, it has, has not been pleasant for the last 20 days, is um, putting a face covering or a mask on over uh, yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's, I think that's only uh, exasperating the issues yeah. that I'm having with it. So I, uh, I was talking to somebody recently about, you know, one, you know, just we haven't talked to everybody about this, so. Darren and I are growing our beards out to support Home Base, which is a Massachusetts-based uh, organization that supports veterans and veterans' families. Uh, the Snow Shave November. A lot of different departments participate in No Shave November or No Shave Movember um, for different charities. Right, We've got a half dozen departments in Berkshire County supporting a bunch of different charities. Um, but Home Base is the one that I selected for us to support through this. We don't have that many people this year no. participating. I'm no. surprised. Well, part of it is we modified the grooming standard, so we got a lot of guys who are wearing beards regularly anyway, right? So that that's neither here nor there. I kind of expected that when I offered to modify other grooming standards that that might generate some interest. I, I, I thought some of our uh, our female employees might be interested in some hair modif or hair color modifications or hair length modifications or nail color modifications, but we didn't see any of that. No, not this year. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. Um, but I, I wanted to talk about that a little bit because I was having a conversation in the community recently, and I don't think – we haven't had – this year, we haven't had the opportunity to be out there for the torch run or cop on top or some of the other stuff. And I don't think a lot of people who – aren't involved with us on a day-to-day -day basis understand how much time and energy you and your team put into supporting efforts in the community and fundraising in the community i know the union is uh, doing their their fundraiser right now the media went out on that and you know scholarships little league teams uh softball teams you know, there's we've got people who are working hard to support organizations throughout the city and the county on a regular basis um, that's pretty cool. Pretty proud of that. Yeah, um, I know that the union itself and and uh, the association they they 
definitely put back uh, thousands of dollars a year. Uh, you know, whether it's into the little leagues, the sports teams, um, something uh, to that nature, or, uh, you know, especially the scholarships. Um, and I remember last year, you know, usually they have a, a presentation uh, at the end of the school year, but, you know, this year they, they weren't allowed to do that. And so it wasn't as uh, well, I guess, um, noted uh, with us that who got the scholarships or, you know, it just it wasn't as exciting, I guess. Um, so it... Um, it went along with everything else this year. <laughs> yeah, kind of lost in the shuffle to a certain extent. 2020, right? Oh, man. Um, um, you know what I forgot to mention there uh, two weeks ago? Was it, it was at the beginning of November. I think I was here. Was I here two weeks ago? Yeah. I think so. Um, was our patches, our military patches um, for uh, veterans um, and uh, the soldiers uh, that some, you know, unfortunately who did not make it home, but... Um, all the money raised from our patches going to the soldier home right here in Pittsfield that uh, helped build the, the women's facility. So I, we have, uh, what, what is there, 31 here, days this month? The chief is putting it up on the oh, screen he? here. I'm going to oh, switch go ahead. over to him. Yeah, for take it off me. Oh, there you go. Oh, you got all five? All five branch service patches. All five branch. And, and I think I emailed you. I didn't realize the state police now have them. Um, and there are several other departments around the country that... Um, are doing them as well, but uh, we do have like 500 left. So but that particular style, the the five different camouflage patterns, that was us. Yes, we created yes. that. Yes, I'm glad that our patch. <laughs> you created it. <laughs> I'm glad that our patch provider has has farmed it out, and other departments are jumping yeah. on board. And I, full full disclosure, I actually got the idea from Yarmouth PD. They've been doing something similar for years. They actually changed out the center seal of their patch with the um the different branch logos gotcha but you can't do that anymore that's right i remember our conversation with that so and you yeah, tried you, you tried you tried to go up the the uh, chain of command the ladder but it, it didn't go very far <laughs> the def- well no we didn't have time the defense department trademarked them and now you have to get written permission from each branch to uh to use those official logos so we might pursue that in the future but next year we're gonna have to do it again because we have to add a sixth branch of service. We got to do a patch for the Space Force. Oh man! <laughs> what? I don't know what the camel, I don't know what the camouflage pattern looks like for the black vacuum of space. Oh my gosh! To... Well, will the Space Force still be in effect this time next year? I don't know. We'll see. That's a big debate. Yeah, That's a big that, debate. Uh... <laughs> that, that I don't get into. <laughs> so. So I, I, there's a there's a podcast that Sergeant Strout referred me to that I've been listening to called Zero Block Thirty. It's a veteran focused podcast, and they were debating this last week because the question is, with the change of the administration, will they abandon the Space Force? And and kind of the consensus is, if it had been you know seven or eight months earlier, maybe, but now they can't because they just commissioned a bunch of officers. Oh, and and the first basic training trainees who specifically enlisted in the Space Force, are just getting ready to complete. So they've got this group of people that they, they wouldn't be, they're under contract, right? How do you get rid of them? So. Yeah, that, that'll be interesting. It'll be an interesting year coming up for sure. Um, what else was I going to say? Uh, gosh, Chief, do you have any, um, uh, you know, I've been into reading lately. Uh, any good reading uh, material that we could suggest to people out there that you find interesting? You're breaking up a little bit there. Can Am you I? Repeat that. Is it me or you? No, I think it's the Skype connection. Um, any uh, recent books that you could recommend 
uh, that you found interesting? Oh, well, you know, I, I read all the time. I know you and, do. Uh, so I've got uh, I've got one in my professional reading that I'm looking at uh, upstairs. It's one of John Maxwell's books. Uh, so that's that. I don't even have the title on top of my head. The book that I'm reading that's kind of like a, a rereading that's kind of my offline reading right now is called About Face. It's by Colonel David Hackworth. It came out um, when I was still in the Navy or at the Naval Academy. Uh, I was gifted it and I read it as a young man. And then it had been out of print for a little while and so i couldn't find a um i couldn't find a new copy and another podcast that i listened to uh, commander jocko willings podcast he recently got to write the foreword for the re-release so i couldn't find my old copies so i bought the new one and it's it's a massive book but i'm about seven eighths of the way through that thing so that's that's focused a lot of my attention of late um, yeah, I got, uh, I think, I, well, I was supposed to finish the book last night, the, the book that I started reading uh, for school, um, for criminal procedures class, Witch Hunt, uh, in regards to the 2016 elections. Um, but um, 30, 30 pages left of that. I can't wait to just finish it and put it behind me. And um, But I started, uh, I, I got caught up in a series on Netflix um, called Trial 4. I don't know if you, if you heard about that, but it's very interesting. So I, I've had a little bit of downtime because I couldn't go to the dojo. So I don't, I'm not one who normally like binge watches stuff on television, but I happened to ask, activate my Amazon account a week ago, a little more than a week ago. And I found this show from the BBC called the Musketeers, which is like a spinoff of the original three Musketeers, Alexander Dumas. And I've been binge watching that. Hmm. We'll have to check that out. Getting we'll ready to, to finish the last season. All right. We got a couple minutes left. Um, we're going to get off the air in two minutes. And as we're getting off the air, the Berkshire Museum is going to start streaming their 24-hour virtual pajama readathon. Uh, I completely missed a deadline and did not record a video for that. And I'm embarrassed to say that because this will be the first time that I have not participated in the pajamathon. Um, but if you've got some time this weekend, uh, tonight and tomorrow, put on your PJs, grab some hot cocoa set your kids up in front of the device and uh check out the celebrity readers from the museum you go right on their web page right on their web page okay uh township four one of our local downtown businesses who always takes good care of me when i need floral arrangements is doing their wreath classes virtually this year is that jed who's that jed yeah yes yes through there uh, Berkshire Theater Group's got some stuff going on this weekend. Check out the Cultural Pittsfield This Week newsletter for more stuff. Uh, I don't have the actual countdown clock in front of me, so I don't know how many seconds. 30 seconds. 30 seconds. 30 seconds. <laughs> All right. So thank you for tuning in to another new episode of On Patrol with the PPD here on WTBR 89.7 FM, Pittsfield Community Radio, simulcast on Pittsfield Community Television. Stay safe. Stay well. Be healthy. Have a great holiday. And we'll see you soon.